Hello, my name is Sinelli Chaimpati and I'm your host for the podcast More Than A Day Job, a careers podcast where I talk to some interesting guests to learn about the diverse careers out there and the doubts, challenges and hurdles they have had to face in forging their own path. Today, I have a very special guest joining me via Zoom, Ismail Sadruddin, founder and CEO of EdTech startup Univisor. I knew Ismail at uni back in Nottingham when he was studying economics and running for Students' Union president, a world away from his new role now as a startup founder. So I'm really curious to learn about how that set him on his path to starting his own venture and what it's all about. So without me stealing any of its thunder, let's get on to my chat with Ismail. Really excited to learn more about how you got on and uh, what I can, what, you know, what we can learn from today. So, um, do you want to sort of do a quick introduction? Um, tell yeah, first, yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks, Sinelli. Firstly, uh, appreciate a lot you, uh, you know, reaching out to me uh, as one of your, you know, uh, first people to do your podcast. Those of you who know, my name is Ismail. Um, I am currently the uh, founder and CEO of EdTech startup called Univisor. Uh, at Univisor, we help um, universities um, with their student recruitment strategies. Um, so what we have done is we built a platform that allows prospective students um, okay. who are seeking uh, education uh, or which university go to, to talk to a current student or recent alumni of a university prior to enrollment. Oh, right. okay. uh, you know, since humans, we are social creatures, we'd like to you know, connect with someone before we you know, make a decision. And um, I noticed a, a gap in the market where it was not very really straightforward or easy. Um, so we built a platform that you know embeds on a university's website, and uh, we can make this connection uh, take place. Okay, wow, sounds good. I mean, I remember uh, I remember applying for university myself, like sort of in Sri Lanka and applying for universities abroad, and uh, and thinking, you know, we really. I, I think I was kind of. In a way, I had an advantage because my brother was already at university at, uh, at Nottingham. Um, but I remember thinking when I had to sort of uh, compare the other universities, I didn't really know a first-hand experience of what it was like at other universities. So was this sort of, was any of this inspired by your own sort of experience or your own journey in trying to applying as well? Uh, Sinali, you were quite lucky that uh, you had your brother at university to, you know, guide you through and... Uh, and, and you know, many people around the world actually do not have this uh, personal connection. Yeah. And that was one of the uh, problems what I saw or like, you know, the, the, how the system was flawed because um, uh, again, comes down to privilege as well. You know, certain people are quite privileged. They have, you know, connections abroad or at like, you know, Oxford or Cambridge or top universities. Um, so it had to be a level playing field where even somebody from, you know, Ghana was able to have the same access and knowledge uh, or, you know, in, insight knowledge um, from someone from Sri Lanka, Ghana or in the UK. And uh, so when I, when I applied for university as well, I, I faced similar challenges, problems. And um, so that was my initial thinking. And uh, when I came to uh, Nottingham, I realized that Okay, I wasn't the only one who was having these challenges and um, a lot of uh, international students, uh, even home students were facing uh, this problem 
So I, um, I decided to do something about it in the UK. So when I was uh, president at Nottingham, I set up Nottingham's first uh, buddy program called Global Buddies. I remember hearing that. Uh, so Global Buddies was actually started as a uh, as a peer mentoring program where we paired new students with student volunteers. Okay. And it became uh, super successful. Even today, the program runs, and we pair almost uh, two thousand five hundred students every year. Wow. And uh, so that was actually my uh, the, the, how I started off. And that was the inspiration for Univice, actually, where Global Buddies, it was a very um, yeah. uh, physically run program where we paired people using you know, Google Forms and, you know, just connecting people. Yeah. And, um, and when I left uh, Nottingham, I started working for an IT company, and that's when I was inspired by the world of technology and how you could uh, scale products using technology and how you could reach to universities around the world using tech. And uh, so I decided to combine the knowledge I gained at Nottingham running Global Buddies into a platform. So, so Global Buddies 2.0 is, is actually it's universal. Right. It's, oh, brilliant. I mean, I, I can 100%, I can say that um, there is a lot of value in doing that because ultimately when I was choosing my universities from like the five I'd applied to, um, I pretty much went with Nottingham because I already knew someone there. I already had sort of inside knowledge of what it was like to... Uh, live there to study that course so that was pretty much my uh, main reasoning behind choosing Nottingham so having that sort of connection to a university um, and to be honest my second choice uh, was Sheffield and the reason Sheffield was my second choice was during the application process actually once I had my first sort of conditional offer um, Sheffield set someone up to ring me who was a Sri Lankan student at Sheffield and I could sort of talk to them and learn about what that experience was like um i mean but that was sort of like it was it was a really good initiative and that really helped me say okay i really like that university that sounds like a great experience so my first sort of top two, two choices for uni were pretty much based off this of the same sort of had needing to have that connection um so yeah i think that's like that's a great great initiative especially for universities I mean, we know in the UK how, how much, uh, how many international students um, come into universities, right? So I think it's a, yeah, definitely a good idea. So I was, I was so my part-time job at Nottingham was actually working at the admissions office and I was doing that job. So I used to call uh, offer holders and talk really? about, you know, Nottingham. And, uh, but, you know, see the, the issue, what I saw there, that mm -hmm. they have your details only when you apply and you have an offer. But the, the, the challenge, what, how we are trying to take it a step forward, I said pre-enrollment, when you're shopping around universities. Oh, right, okay. Oh, so you get... So when, you're just on, when you're just on the Sheffield website or Nottingham website, you know, you'll be able to talk to someone. So uh, before you even apply, you'll yeah. be able to find out whether it's the right fit for you. Or, or you know, then... And see, if you look from the university point of view, you are a you know, potential customer who's paying 10,000, 12,000 pounds every year. Yeah, so, if you're lucky. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, 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 I mean, if you're international, you're paying way more. Way more, yeah, yeah. So you are actually a very uh, lucrative uh, potential student. And if they are unable to, you know, serve their future customers well, they lose out on, um, uh, you know, uh, 40, 50,000 pounds of potential revenue. Um, so we actually are helping them actually help uh, hit their top line and bottom line. 
Um, so in addition to providing a good service for future students, um, we are really benefiting the university's marketing department as well by uh, helping them with, um, you know, lead conversions and lead generation. So yeah. that's the that's the capitalistic point uh, of the of the business, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, to be honest, that that's true. So the earlier you could sort of get, you know, the earlier you can have your touch point with your customers and sort of get more information out there. That's that I I can see the attraction or the benefit to the uh, to the universities from that from this. So your your business model seems to hold <laughs> seems to hold up really well. I can see I can see the attraction in it. Um, I did. I did want to ask. So, if I remember, at um, at university you studied economics, or I remember you. I think you studying economics. So, how did that sort of uh, bring you to the startup world, or how how well did that sort of equip you for start having your own startup? Uh, well, um, I mean, when I was at university, uh, I thought I would probably would like to be a civil servant or work for the UN um, or become a consultant. Okay. So that was my, you know, like, um, you know, my career trajectory because everyone who studies economics, you know, usually ends up in one of these dreams. Okay. And um, uh, so after uni, I've been traveling. I moved back to Sri Lanka and um, I was applying loads of jobs. Um, and I was really not sure. To be honest, I was more confused after university than when I was in university. Uh, like I literally had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, and then a friend of mine... Um, I was like, hey, Ismail, um, there's this job of opening at this tech company. Would you be interested to apply? Okay. Um, and I was like, you know, don't be ridiculous. I, I, I have a degree in economics. What am I going to, what, how am I going to add value in a tech company? And she was like, no, no, just, just go for the interview, check it out. And I was like, okay, what am I going to lose? I, I went for the interview and for the first time in my life, I uh, realized that actually running a tech company is 50% technology and 50% business. Yeah. Okay. You know, you have you need to have the finance department, marketing department, your business analyst. I was like, hang on a minute, I could actually do something here and not know how to code, because there's this you know perception that you if you're going to be a being a tech company, you need to be a developer or engineer, but actually that is not the case. And I decided, yeah, you know, why not let me take up this job? And so my first job right after the universe was with, with actually a startup, and. Um, so it was a much larger corporate, which had a startup division. Um, so I kind of got the experience of being in like a large tech, uh, uh, you know, tech company as well as the experience of working in a small team within. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. and and something what I also realized in the tech company was, um, you know, marginal cost equals zero. So yeah. Yeah. this was a this and you know, coming from economics background, I was really fascinated by this concept because. You know, for every additional customer you serve on board, the, the cost of serving becomes almost uh, zero because you develop a really, pro, uh, you know, really great, great product. And even if you serve one customer, 1000 customers, you're going to be, you know, probably charging the same amount of money. But the cost of you serving additional people will not be going up in proportion. So I was thinking, man, this, this, there's super normal profits should be made in this tech space. And and I, 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 no wonder these companies have massive valuation. No wonder these, you know, uh, startups, you know, make mad money. And um, so I was always thinking when I was working there, I, I was like, I have no idea when I, what I want to do. But if I'm doing something, I want it to be in the tech space. So that was like a thought in me. And I decided, okay, let me try to figure something out in the tech space. And when I was having this, you know, brainstorming, just having this conversation with one of my friends, like, you know, a corridor conversation. Yeah. I was thinking, hey, why don't I just, you know, digitize something what we did? Because, and, uh, 
and that was how how the conversation came about it was um it was just like um certain events that happened in my life uh, which you know when i look back uh, i'm you know and, and and i always remember this quote from you know steve jobs where he says that uh, you can only connect the dots looking backwards you can you know yeah. not connect them looking yeah. forward and um, and and that's what happened you know suddenly i it was a very um, uh you know uh, random coincidences that happened and i was just able to take use of the opportunities that was there and you know being able to identify them i think that's one of the key things because see um, everything you see around us is um, someone's thoughts and imagination okay even 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 zoom what we're using right now is somebody's imagination and uh, all of us are you know exposed to the um, you know same you know opportunities you know with with, with the internet but there are some people who see things very differently oh why is this flawed why is it broken can i make it better and uh, that's how we as human civilization worked and and to be able to identify that i think that's where the real skills as entrepreneur comes where you will start to question things and you'll be like oh can i can i make it better or you know various things like that um so i i think that's what's important for people to you know not just be blind but to not to be blind for things in right in front of you because opportunity is right there it's how you you know use it and uh, you know like capitalize on it yeah i suppose it was it does sound a bit like a it's like a perfect sequence of events like you just uh, that that the sort of everything lined up but then to be honest everything could line up and you could not take that opportunity at that time right uh, because i mean was there any sort of uh, any part of you that was going or oh, this might be a little bit risky or you know because you've got uh you've got this sort of things that lined up let's say or oh, there might be something to work at, go on here um but was there any part of you that was sort of scared sort of take the leap i mean absolutely like uh, i mean it's it's something like see uh, i i come from econ background i people yeah. said what the hell are you going to do by starting a tech company you have no idea you can't do it so there was a lot of like negative energy to be honest when i was wanting to start uh, and uh, and and but you know i i was actually you know i i remembered my time at nottingham when i wanted to run for sea president people said the same thing there's never been a you know um, an international student you know brown guy you know becoming sea president and there was a lot of negativity as well but i was you know what i'm going to fight I don't think I I think I was I'd left uni but I was still hearing about this maybe through like and everyone was talking about it and I I remember thinking this is the most amazing thing like it never even occurred to any of us that this could be a possibility so Exactly you know so people always say and I was thinking yeah I I just think yeah it's hard but you know what what but what I don't want to happen in my life is be you know look back few years later and being like oh what if I had tried and I had won so i think uh, for me i took that up as a challenge and also to be very honest um, i come from a very privileged background where i don't have to worry about three meals or a roof over my head or you know a, a car to go around town so for me uh, a, a lot of those um, you know uh, you know if you look at maslow's hierarchy of needs uh, a lot of this uh, basic things in life were covered so for me i was like okay i i have a, i can sleep at home peacefully and so the only thing like there was no reason to stop me from even trying and if it becomes successful great even if it doesn't i'm it's good learning experience and i could tell to people man i at least tried you know and i didn't like have an imagination so i tried i succeed i'm happy if i don't succeed also i'm happy and that was the same 
um, attitude I had when I ran for SU president as well, there I was like, I'm going to give my best, I'm going to give my 110%. So on the day of results night, I will not have any sort of regret that, oh, I wish I tried harder. And, uh, and I, you know, I be became president with, you know, the highest uh, voter turnout at, in the UK at that time. Um, so, so these were like really uh, uh, things which were going in my mind where I was like, let's just give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, I, I, just just on the SU stuff, like, I don't think uh, there's a lot of people who would have thought that or wouldn't have even considered it as a possibility because they'd never seen anyone like them or anyone, you know, anyone who represents them being an SU president. So wouldn't even consider it. But now in sort of hindsight, they might, they'll be like, oh, wait, actually, that, that's been done before, you know, someone's, someone's done that. So, you know, what's to stop me from getting there? So I think there's a lot of that sort of, shifting even personal mindset it may it, it may not be people telling them they can't do it it might just be sort of an internal narrative. yeah hundred yeah, percent you know you have this uh, sort of you know like uh, just the thoughts of you know an energy of people saying and you know if if i didn't run for SU president there wouldn't have been global bodies where, where we're supporting 2500 students there would not have been Univisa where we're where we are you know exporting software out of sri lanka and you know earning foreign revenue for the country I have five people that work with me now. Those people would not have been employed. So, you know, it's like a real, uh, uh, you know, it's all about action. You know, you take action. That's why I'm so happy that you started this uh, podcast because that's the first step, you know. The first step, you know, is action. But when you take action, that leads to a lot of multiple things which you don't know. That, chain reaction. Oh, man. Right? You know, it's just a chain reaction. So the hardest part is the first couple of steps. And once you take it and once you're consistent and you're disciplined about it, you notice that you know a lot of you know like you know the universe kind of helps you um and, uh, and that's conspires. what i mean yeah universe conspires so it's all about you know having a really positive mindset and being very determined that i know it's going to be hard but i'm gonna i'm gonna try and somewhere down the long somebody will come and support you help you oh i see what you're doing it's pretty cool we want to collaborate oh i know somebody that can you know use you know some university that can you know benefit from your software it's just honest, keeping a very chill mind. Yeah, I mean, so actually listening to you, one of the things that like comes across quite, quite, um, I suppose, strongly is that you are quite determined and you're not, you're not deterred easily. Do you think that's something that sort of really helps if you are working in this sort of, if you're uh, working on a startup or you're coming up with your own thing or starting your own business or anything similar, that are there any particular qualities that you think you have that make you best suited for it or make someone so, like that? Uh, I, I think it actually comes down to passion and I think you yeah. know without Univise or anything I, I genuinely love you know connecting people networking okay. and you know like uh, you know just like going for events I genuinely love doing that yeah. so Univise or you know doing interviews all that is just like oh yeah it's fine I enjoyed it I don't I'm, I'm not camera shy or I, I I'm, I love public speaking, you know, I, I used to hate it when I was growing up, but, you know, I did MUN and all, and I, you know, on the spot, if I was to give a speech, I'm happy to do it. I would not be, so I feel there's a lot of, comp, like in um, a lot of aspects of uh, kind of passion where I'm just kind of monetizing my passion or, you know, I'm like con converting what I really like into some sort of a business. So for me, it's just like a natural flow where I don't, ha I, it naturally happens where I don't really need to push myself. Of course, there are times when I'm like hella depressed, there are like very lows of point when, you know, when you have to 
so like you know a lot of business things you know legal issues finances you know make payments salaries a lot of things are there which like the non cool stuff yeah, yeah but i think the majority is if you really love doing it that and you're very passionate you know um the passion you can move mountains you know like i had never imagined in my life that you know you know i uh, you know for example uh, to be able like we recently signed up a university in india you know and i had never thought i would sell software for university in india because it's like selling ice to the eskimos yeah india is yeah. considered the you know yeah, the capital of the world they <laughs> So, but you know, they I, I did the pitch. They were happy, and they were like, "Yeah, let's let's buy it." And um, so, it's uh, you should just you know, at, at the end of the day, if you don't trust yourself, yeah. no one's going to trust it. So you have to be hella confident that you know you can do it. And um, and and when you are confident, when you are passionate, it kind of shows to people, and people are, want to work with people who they can trust, and they are confident that they will not let them you know high and dry, or people who are not there just for the money. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. when you do something very passionately, I mean, with a lot of love, and uh, it comes out quite well. And that's why people like home food better because, you know, when your spouse or when your mom cooks, they cook with a lot of love, and they don't expect payment from you, right? So yeah. uh, that's uh, why it's it's genuinely it's good. To be honest, I think I, I'm actually quite big, uh, quite a big proponent of this whole passion thing because. I know some people say, you know, you can't really, you can't always do what you love, or you can't find work in the things that you love. But I'm, I, I consistently believe that um, you can bring the things you love or aspects of it into what you do, and that is a lot of the time the key to sort of loving what you do as well. Because ultimately, I think I agree with you. Because if you don't really like what you're doing, or you don't really enjoy it, like all of the time, it is going to feel like a drain, like it is it isn't going to sort of give you energy like doing it isn't going to get you really excited or give you a lot of energy right like it's going to be like oh god it's just another week you know it's another monday and like i have to get through this kind of thing and i've always but, but, but you know you know that the key is um you know having the um, ability to identify what you're good at i think that's where many people struggle be like oh i'm i'm not good at it i'm i don't feel like i'm passionate about something like i realized only after a long time that i am naturally a good networker and i'm wow. naturally good at like you know connecting people and you know doing that stuff and it only took like when i reflected upon like my skills and i was reading books and i was like oh hang on this this person is very similar to what i do and this is what he's doing you know um and you know you know take for you for example you know 7 o'clock in the morning uh, on a weekday you're up and bright and you know doing it with a big smile on your face um so it it's it's something where people need to actually because we're running a rat race all of us even at university and we're so focused on just getting a degree but uh, you will not know whether you're passionate about something or not if you don't try out many things for example you should never be like oh i don't want to try out cooking because i don't like it how do you know if you've never cooked for a class or you if you've cooked for someone and yeah. and then you know when when and someone is super happy when you cook and you're like oh man this makes me really nice and yeah i feel so good about it maybe right maybe this is my calling uh so and you know passion can always change you can have multiple passions it's not just one thing like i'm quite passionate about you know like i would love to teach i'm quite passionate about that also now i know okay technology i was never i never thought in my whole life i would be passionate about technology yeah. or the beauty of tech until i um, you know like uh, worked in a tech company but if i had always thought that you know what i i have a degree in economics 
how the hell am I going to add any value to a tech company? I would have like never stumbled upon this beautiful world of tech, and I absolutely love it now. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you did mention right at the start that when your friend first suggested like the uh, the tech company having an opening. And you were like, oh, I don't really think this is my space. But you still got to be open enough. Because you still walked in through that door for that interview or for that, you know, to consider that role, right? Like, it, I guess it's not, it's, so I think it, I agree with that. I think a part of it is sort of trying to work out what, what you're interested in, what you're passionate about. Um, I do think there's a lot in our, like, in our education system and maybe in the way, in our mindsets as well, that just encourages you to just sort of, just keep doing the exams and to just get through like, you know, the focus is on like getting through the exams and getting that sort of, you know, high school diploma or like getting your A-levels and then getting to university and then getting your degree and, you know, then getting a job. It's not so much saying, but what do you really like doing? Like, you know, that you can see yourself doing um, every day for a while. Like, but as you say, it doesn't have to be like your one passion doesn't have to be a job for all your life, but like, you know, you can have different things. You can reinvent yourself. Like, you know, you hear loads of people, right? Exactly. Passion, you know, can change over time as well. You know, like, for example, if you look at our parents, now they are kind of slowing down. They would like to get into farming, you know, get into like, you know, spending kids time with, you know, grandkids, various things like that. So uh, you should actually just be open, have an open mindset. Even if somebody, so like one of the things that I realized, like even like in at university, was like if to always say yes at whenever you can and now i'm kind of realizing it's not the best thing to do because you you need to have the discipline to say no but uh, if something comes my for example somebody says hey if i want to go for a hike this weekend i'll be like, yeah let's do it i will not think twice because maybe i go on a hike i talk with some new people i get some business idea or something you know would happen so you gain more when you say yes than when you say no because it's like this is like the universe is kind of giving you a sign or like they are bringing you someone into your life yeah. and, and and if you're rejecting that uh, it may not come again um, and you know it's 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 and you should be very like open to receive that sort of energy and and it's fine like if you say yes to something and it turns out um, like how you did not expect okay like a good example was I was um, supposed to go to Warwick and I was super determined to go there okay and, uh, I, and I didn't get the offer um, because I you know some issue with UCAS and various things uh, and I was absolutely gutted I was absolutely gutted that I didn't get into Warwick because you know Warwick was number one for economics at that time and uh, and but now looking back, I'm like, man, I'm really happy Warwick didn't happen because you know I became president at Nottingham. I made so many connections. I got involved in loads of clubs and societies. I'm not sure whether if I was at Warwick, whether this would have happened. I, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, but um, you should you should be just you know um, make use of whatever you have in front of you, you know, like uh, and make the most out of it. So again, coming back, so you don't have any regret, you know, like. Um, even if it comes to relationship, you know, like even if you meet someone, you give your best. And if it, if it doesn't work out, you, you'll be like, you know what, I, I did my best. I tried. It didn't work out. It's a good learning experience. And, um, and it's okay. Uh, but, uh, but even if you don't try, you don't know whether it will be good or bad for you. Yeah, and I, I do see, I, I think there's, there's also an element of very positive mindset about you, right? Like, so you don't take anything where you kind of fail as a, like, you don't take it personally almost. You're like, oh, it's a learning experience. And I sort of pick myself up from this and keep going. 
is that do you think that's something particularly especially in the tech world where you're a startup and you're pitching people is that particularly something you feel you need or it's something you've developed over time or i think very recently man because um i think when uh, right after uni and you know just starting i had, i went through like a lot of phase of like very lows in my life Okay. Like even depression, anxiety. I couldn't sleep at night. Like you know, like maybe three, four hours. I'll be so happy if I slept. And then I kind of actually started reading a lot of books and doing a lot of research about you know mental health and how to you know, keep like a mind, like a positive mind, positive mindset. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know the mind is such a powerful thing that if you don't take care of it, and especially in a in a in a tech world or even or all the even the the society what we live in. Mm-hmm. uh it's about competing or it's about um, the people who go on to do good things uh have to be very creative yeah and you'd only get a creative mind if you have like a good night's sleep if you're less stressed less anxious okay. and you're not worrying about the future uh so i made it a conscious effort to make sure i eat proper food i you know have my vitamins i get a good night's sleep i don't try to work more than 10 hours per day uh uh you know try to enjoy my weekends have like a much more balanced life and devote less time to you know business and and i feel that it's you know exercise more um, meet with you know good friends uh, have like a good support network and i feel that has just really changed my outlook on how i look at life and business in general uh and um, and i think that's really important to uh, you know uh, keep you sane because you know life or business everything is a marathon You know, you shouldn't sprint too fast because you're just going to get burnt out. Uh, so you need to pace yourself. You know, you need to conserve your energy for the next forty. You know, let's say you have an average lifespan of seventy years. You are twenty years now. You are twenty twenty-five now. You know, for fifty fifty-five years, you need to be you know working. So you need to take care of your body, and uh, the mind is super important to be taken care of. Um, so I listen to a lot of you know, you know, spiritual leaders. You know, on like. Uh, you know how to take care of yourself um trying to do a bit of meditation here and there um so i feel that's that's the way and i was definitely not like this you know few years back okay. i was very a very angsty person and uh, but i was uh, but i was able to like understand more about it because i spoke about it and uh, i uh, found like friends also who are going through similar phases because you know post uni uh, depression is quite real that um, especially for international student um, you have your time of your life in the uk you uh, move back to sri lanka you realize your friends back home have moved on yeah. uh, they have their own yeah. you know social circles um you are trying to you know integrate back into home and it's like really weird feeling because you grew you grown up in this place yeah. and you're trying to like you're for like a foreigner you're neither here nor there you're like caught in between and a lot of people go through that phase and again there's a lot of pressure from family especially in your brown family or what are going to do next in your life oh my god yeah yo you man you are you present why didn't you stay back in the uk you know, so many questions like this um so it was quite hard definitely uh, but now over time you just begin to realize that okay it's all part of life and you need to approach it very differently if not man you're just going to start losing hair very soon i mean to be honest i i i agree and i don't think it gets talked about enough as well like i guess now there's more of a maybe more of a, a changing mindset and culture so we talk we talk about mental health and anxiety and stuff maybe a little more openly but I do think especially um exactly as you said like for because we've grown up or we were born and we grew up in Sri Lanka and then you go and you're 
at uni for three years, four years, and then when you come back, um, you almost feel a little displaced, don't you? Like you don't fit, you don't quite fit in into the same space you were before. Like you're no longer a child because before you left, you you like it was all your childhood, right? You were never an adult in the country. Like you were adult somewhere else, and then now you've come back and you're trying to work out how, exactly how you fit in. And oh, of course, I think like I don't think we can uh, negate or like neglect like oh, not even neglect like ignore the fact that the amount of pressure you get coming from like if you've always been sort of a high achiever there's a lot of pressure you put on yourself as well I think so a lot of the anxiety is from like you saying oh you know I feel like I ought to have done more by now or like you know I feel like you know this needs I need to be doing things I need to be making like doing amazing things and instantly expecting yourself to, I, I feel like expecting yourself to change everything and change the whole world kind of thing um, yeah, you know, I, 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 you know, see, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that topic of, you know, having a lot of pressure on yourself. I, I always look at this an analogy of the Chinese bamboo tree. You know, the okay. Chinese bamboo tree is, you know, for it's a very hard tree to plant, mm -hmm. and Chinese farmers they spend five years watering it and they don't see any result. But on the oh, end wow. of the fifth year, within a couple of months, it shoots ninety meters. Oh wow. <laughs> So, you know, you should be also, you know, thinking like that in the long run where yeah. uh, it's not, imagine I give you a car and you're just learning to drive. Mm -hmm. Maybe if I give you a bit, it's a small powered car, you can, you know, control it. Yeah. But imagine as a first car, I give you a Ferrari, you are just going to kill yourself because the car is too powerful. It's so sensitive. Yeah. You will not know how to handle it. The same thing with life and, you know, business in general. Maybe today you can handle 1,000 pounds. But imagine you immediately get about 100,000 pounds. You will not know how to handle it. Because if you can't handle 1,000 pounds very well, you definitely cannot handle 100,000 pounds. That's why a lot of lottery winners, they grow broke within a couple of months because yeah. they have never had the, the opportunity to handle so much cash or they have not much financial literacy. Um, so even with life, I again, you know, when I, when I think about life, I always think, oh, why, why, what am I doing wrong? Or how come I'm not at this person? Or like this person is, say, my age or, you know, he's all doing a business. He much, seems much more successful than me. But, you know, again, comes back to the Chinese bamboo tree. You know, for five years, nothing happens. On the sixth year, it just shoots up. So uh, that's something you need to realize. Life is also like that. Yeah, I feel like we need to get the, sto the story of this, the Chinese bamboo tree out more uh, among, you know, sort of Asian parents and Asian schools and, you know, tell teachers like, you know, this sometimes this, this is a work in progress still, you know. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, yeah. and you know, you should not uh, have, um, you know, you should not lose your mind over trying to, you know, peer pressure and trying to please somebody else. And especially in the business world, you know, it's always uh, success determined by the numbers and uh, numbers is a never ending game. You know, it's infinite yeah. and uh, you can never be happy if you look at numbers. So you need to look at, you know, overall balanced life, a good family life, friends, you know, uh, various things and you know, good night's sleep. Loads of things are very important for me now when I realize when I'm beginning this uh, entrepreneurial journey mm -hmm. uh, that I need to make sure that you know I allocate enough time for family, friends, uh, traveling, uh, those things. So um, that's how I'm looking at you know this entrepreneurship journey as well. I'm, I'm not in like a race with anyone else uh, other than myself. If I'm happy the way I'm progressing, I'm, yeah. so I'm, I'm happy about it um, rather than you know running a massive race and the end of the day, maybe left a lot of money, but have no friends or family or any sort of social life. So I don't think that's very uh, good for your mental health. 
Yeah, and I suppose like it's also having those positive role models as well, right? Like we've only hear we you tend to only hear about the people who work the you know the crazy hours, and so you think, oh, that's the only way I can be. But if you sort of take a step back and you think, oh, actually, I don't have to do that. I can break that break that mold. Was there any was there like anyone who sort of helped you sort of realize that you don't have to work that way, or was there anyone maybe in the startup? seen in sri lanka who sort of inspired you so, yeah so i i was actually um, you know i i uh, i do a lot of self learning now because you know education should never stop just right after university and loads of books and you know podcasts and interviews and i and i came across this interview by you know chamat uh, paliapitya who is a uh, you know sri lankan guy yeah. based in the us now he's running for even governor of uh, california okay. so yeah. um, You know, amazing guy, and and he was talking about you know talking about balanced life where where he realized quite later on in life. Okay. And and I was like, okay, man, I this is this is the beauty of you know getting advice and having mentors who are much senior, who have actually, you know, learned from experience that you as a younger age, you can have you talk to these people and see how they kind of messed up in life or what mistakes they made. Yeah. and those are the positive learnings which you can take and you implement in your life or your own business so you don't repeat so you don't repeat the same things what they made this is where you know experience comes into play which you cannot you know give money and even buy yeah i mean i've i've just had um i think this year i had my first uh, mentor just within our business as well and um it's sort of my first not my first experience being mentored within the business but suppose in recent years um now that i'm when i was a graduate i had a mentor as well and now sort of recently and it's it's amazing just how different the perspective is because i'm looking at it from a completely different point of view and to me it seems like this big insurmountable kind of a thing and then when you look at we just change where you're looking how you look at it um and change that perspective of because everyone's got different experiences they've been through different you know different paths different challenges that they've overcome then they might have a completely different view of it like and just just having that sort of conversation with someone who's looking at it from a different point of view um yeah i mean like yeah i mean having mentors is great like i benefit a lot from having a support network and good trusted mentors uh and you can have multiple mentors you know i have tech mentors you know business mentors you know like marketing mentors life mentors you know so you need to identify people at uh, uh, who are you know good at different things and you try to get all of this knowledge into you yeah and i suppose the other thing i really like that you mentioned as well is that the how you know the learning doesn't necessarily stop right like we we kind of go through school and you know once you do all the exams and everyone's like oh you know you've done you're done now you're done learning but is it necessarily the case is it like the the only way i suppose you can get new information come across new things in different mindsets you just got to keep learning and absorbing information um all the time yeah i mean you know like for example books is an amazing way to do it you know you read like a 300 page book maybe in like one or two page you would have like some amazing idea or some amazing thing that comes off from it so you spent like 20 dollars on a book and you have got some amazing idea to implement in your business or in your life um and uh, and and these books are you know really powerful and and also it's like good for the mind as well when you're reading yeah i mean to be honest this that's kind of, well so i actually recently discovered podcast and that's what's inspired this because 
I absolutely love it. Like, if you know anything about me, you know that I love to talk. I love people and I like to talk and I like, you know, sort of learning about different people. And then when I, I've been listening to so many podcasts recently on, on everything. So like stuff on like history, on politics, on like startups, on careers, like, and, uh, and I realized that this is just such a good way to learn. Like, you know, there's so much you can get, you can get from just listening to someone else's experience or their perspective. I've got more career advice in this last hour than I ever thought I was going to get. Like that was, that was brilliant. Like my two favorite takeaways uh, was the whole Steve Jobs sort of connecting the dots in hindsight um, and, uh, and, the, and the bamboo tree. Like, I feel like we need to tell the bamboo tree story to as many people as possible. We need to get the word out, Ismail, on the bamboo tree. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a Chinese uh, philosophy as well. Um, you can learn a lot, uh, you know, from history and by reading books and, you know, talking to people. And, uh, you know, I'm, I wish you all the best as well, Sina. It's super exciting that you've started this journey. And, uh, and I hope that, you know, that, uh, you can talk back one day as well and uh, use the, the sequence and the Chinese bamboo tree analogy as well. <laughs>